Hello, welcome to Starter Set. My name is Ed Sylvester. I'm Sam Bradley. And welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. Rogue. Rogue. Always believe in yourself. You like that? Yep. You're indestructible, baby. I'm indestructible. This week we're doing rogues. Rogues. Right, I'm never going to be able to do that now. That's, that's, that's there forever. Brilliant. Okay, so let's get into rogues. So, rogues are... Do you remember in our fighters episode, we were talking about how they are easily adaptable classes uh, dependent on the way that they want to fight? Mm -hmm. Rogues are that but then some. Their, their adaptability through role-playing and their mechanics are all so, so intertwined in such a neat little package... I like that. Um, ...that it's impossible <clears throat> for you not to do that. So there's such a variety within, e within the classes and the subclasses as part of that. Mm -hmm. So, they're... The element that's emphasised more is each archetype has mechanical options that emphasise those differences between each of the other ones. Right, okay. Alright, so let's talk about uh, just the generic rogue before we get into all those bits and bobs and see how what we can explore that way. Quite stealthy. Yes. That's, that, I think rogues, people think uh, sneaky warriors, sneaky... If you're gonna, someone's going to come up behind you in a dark alley and emerge out of a shadow and cut your throat, it'll be a rogue. Yes. They're Dex Not Flex based fighters. Nice. Um, so, when you're, so role playing a row, right? Some key things to think about, right? Because they are shifty, tend to be. I mm -hmm. mean, they've got this stereotype that if we're going to use that and keep playing along that lines, there is a reason why that's there. Um, so, you got things to ask yourselves when you're role playing is one of them is probably what uh, act or part of your lifestyle kind of gave you the aptitude for. The skills involved with this. We're talking, you know, backstory. Being stealthy. Yeah, yeah, the backstory. And I think it's it's more necessary with these things. How did you become as stealthy as you are? What forced you to kind of really work on those, you know, the ability to, to move your feet in such a way that no noise is made, to uh, blend in with um, crowds, maybe? Um, it's like, uh, do you know what? A, a great example of a rogue is Assassin's Creed. Yes, uh, I was also thinking of Black Widow as well. Yeah, she was going to be one of my famous rogues. Oh, okay, well that's yeah. fine, we're doing it now already. Because in uh, uh, Captain America 2 Winter Soldier, mm -hmm. there's a point when she's telling uh, Steve Rogers, walk not run when you're on the run. Yeah. So she's learnt these things, right? But, mm -hmm. um... <clears throat> and in Civil War, she's the person on the ground, in the crowd, watching everything go yes. down, remember, yeah, right yeah, at the yeah. beginning? Right at the beginning, yeah, exactly. Um, so... You're looking at two primary kind of skills and abilities that have come around from whatever's happened to you. Stealth and sort of quickness of fingers, right? Okay. They're for, for most of them, whether that is or quickness of fingers or quickness of wrists. Well, they're lockpicks, aren't they? So quickness of fingers makes sense. Or thieves, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, so, one, where did you get these skills? Mm -hmm. uh, and then how did you hone them? All right, so so what what forced you on that front? Maybe it was a need to survive. Like if you don't steal bread, you will die. Yeah. Uh, and then that evolves into you get inducted into a thieves guild. Yeah, perhaps. and then it's money, and then or maybe you basically end up with the wrong side of on the wrong side of life, but you're not kind of a big kind of bloke, so you kind of learn to survive that way. Mm -hmm. So you survive by actually turning around and shanking people instead of singing them songs, because there's a little bit of the bardic in there as well. Yeah, exactly. You're not often the biggest, so... No. So you've got to figure out the way that you want to mm -hmm. take on uh, areas and take on bad guys. Yeah. Um, 
and something I think all rogue players should definitely think about. What's your end game? Hmm. What's the job that means that there'll never be any more jobs? What's that the final heist. Yeah, the final heist. The big score, the big one, the big daddy. It's going to go all the way to the top of City Hall, all see? All the way. Um, so those are definitely things that you should think about when you're role-playing. That's that bit. Um, then I've got to go back a little bit. So you can't talk about rogues, and we've already started this without mentioning those stereotypes. Um, now, the key thing is, is whilst they operate in maybe the grey area of society, not all rogues are bad. Hmm. Put that on a t-shirt. Um, so... It's likely that they know a lot of bad dudes. Yeah. And what that means is we're going to be looking at points where a lot of doors may be closed because you've got that stereotype linked in with you. So yeah, that not reputation. Only, exactly. Not only is there a stereotype um, in terms of our world, the real world, but there's also a stereotype within right, I see. whichever world you're in. You know, whichever fantasy, what world your DM has created, there's definitely a stereotype there, which will mean that potentially you can't... Uh, you know, walk into... Yeah, you guys can come in, but he stays outside. Yeah, yeah, because he looks shifty or whatever. Yeah. Um, but as some doors close, other will be opened. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to be able to find your way into some real... Okay, I'll stick around that here, but you inevitably meet other people who aren't allowed in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I'm going to go <laughs> to this, you know, dive bar that's in the sewers. Hmm. That all yeah, the kind like of shifty that. people, but you get a lot of information from that kind yeah. of thing. You oh, know. you want to know about this? Well, you need to go here. Exactly. Um, Cross the tracks. Exactly. So <clears throat> that's kind of things that you definitely need to think about when you're coming to play your rogue character. Talk to your DM about who those people that may have influenced your learning. Is this a world where those kind of reputations matter? Yeah, there's so that as much. well. Are they stuck up? Are they not? Are they laid back? Is it? You could even go along the lines of is this world at such a point where it's so barbaric that actually... Doesn't even matter. Yeah. So you go along the um, Conan the Barbarian kind hmm. of vibe because he's, he's got his thief psychic who hides under thing and he just runs yes, out, of course. shanks people and then runs away. Yeah. With Grace Kelly. Not Grace Kelly. Grace Jones. Grace Jones. Grace no, Kelly. That would like be a, a very different... That would be a very different film. Um, so the way that those skills are represented mechanically mm -hmm. the great news is when you play a rogue you get so many skills yeah it's the only class where you get a skill per level or Ooh. something new per level mm -hmm. um spellcasters obviously they get you know spells and stuff like that but otherwise and you get better your in spell terms. slots are every so yeah, many levels yeah exactly but you you get something different each level which is always exciting it means that you've always got something that you can look forward to uh, which is really cool so to start with, uh, I'm going to go through, as we always do, the generic rogue skills. These are all the things that you can do. Mm -hmm. um, so, you, to begin with, you become proficient with four skills. They are a bit of a skill monkey, um, They mean, which means that you can basically... Jack of all trades type thing. Not jack of all trades, because that is a... Sorry, do you mean it in the reference or in the rule? Not in the rule. I mean, like, you, you know a bit of everything to a useful degree. Not in that the saying that Sorry, it's yes. a usually a derogatory saying isn't it oh you know a lot of things about a lot yes. of nothing type of thing yeah um, so you're proficient in four skills if you don't take stealth I will find you you have a very specific set of skills you should make stealth one of them yeah definitely or else um, what's the point yeah really yeah you can I know there's playing against type and then there's having a orc that knits <laughs> do you know what I mean I've though? made a lovely jumper today Yes. Um, so yeah, if you don't take stealth as part of that, then 
boy, you're going to have a bad time. I kind of want to make that knitting orc character. No. Well, you can do whatever you want. Growlag mole sweater. Brilliant. Love that. That's actually an amazing name out of nowhere. Very good. Um, so the rogue's abilities focus around two areas. One is a big thing, which is your sneak attack. It's how you get into places to position yourself where you can basically do the maximum amount of damage. The other one is the way that you um, avoid damage, ultimately. Hmm. Right? So things that, that get us into those positions where we can do our sneak attack. Now, sneak attack is basically... Rogues don't get multiple attacks like most other classes do. They have this one, I'm going to pinpoint that, yeah. you know, the jugular. That's what I'm going for. Whoop, and I've, and I've got it. Um, which basically means that when they do the first attack on it on any turn, and they can only do this once per round in scenarios where they can, you know, you can use offhand weapons to kind of get second attacks from that front, um, you can basically roll a load of d6s on top of your normal damage dice. And this scales as you go up different it's levels. Far, so it's just one far more damaging strike, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. That's the idea. And because everything is hinging upon that one mm -hmm. deadly strike, when you miss it, it kind of bums out a little bit. So you've got to make sure that you can do it. Now, not the, only have you missed, they know you're hiding in the bushes. Yes, exactly. So the, the, the way that their abilities kind of help you get into that, you have, um, you have a thing called expertise which basically means anything that you've become proficient in, you double that proficiency for it. That's amazing. Yeah, so you've just got huge bonuses on top of on top of your rolls for mm -hmm. that stuff. So we're talking about stealth. So to make sure that you're stealthy for when you do that attack, you're, you, you've got that big roll for it. Yeah. Um, you can then later on make a thing called reliable talent, which basically means that anything that you're proficient with, you roll as, you always roll as if you've rolled a 10. Hmm. So if you roll below a 10, doesn't matter it's a 10 okay so not only are you getting this massive bonus to it you're always only going to be rolling a 10 so it gets to a point where you're like before you even roll a dice you know you're going to get 20 stealth yeah so you can just do it yeah and and i think that is key as far as the role playing side of uh, well, because you are proficient that's yes, literally what that means exactly it's not an issue we need to use a it's not an issue can you unlock this door yes yes i can always unlock doors yeah can you you know so your skills are almost like your abilities it becomes that kind of thing but it could also be a nice storytelling mechanic because there's you know you may maybe you come to a door and they say could you uh oh shit actually no yeah so sure. you know there's something uber important or there's a, another way specifically for you to open that door mm -hmm. that's quite interesting. like these four braziers or something yeah like yeah that. you have to unite yeah four bits of an amulet or something yeah okay that's cool and they have a thing called cunning action which they get on they get very very early on um which basically allows them to use uh, their bonus action to do something more most characters can only do uh, these things which is dash disengage or hide as an action mm -hmm. so basically rogues can do their action and then they can do one of those three things which once again means you can either get out of combat hide hide or run away and get into a better position so where you can get those sneak attacks later on good if you're an archer yeah really good on that sort of stuff and um, we see you could like hawkeye around people couldn't you mm -hmm. dash in shoot with an arrow retreat to a better position and then attack again and attack again exactly exactly um, they have a thing called Thieves' Cant, which is basically their own special language. Oh, right, like hiding codes and spycraft, basically. Yeah, spycraft. Uh, the best example of this that you'll see in a film is Ocean's Eleven. Right. Do you remember that there's a scene where uh, Matt Damon has a conversation with, I think it's a Gleason, 
uh, and he does these very like sort of normal conversations. So he's like, how's your sister? I once met a man walking sideways and he had a flag in his right hip pocket. Right, okay. You know, and then yeah, they've yeah. actually had this conversation which has asked for something else entirely different. Mm -hmm. uh, it's quite a good scene. Like it. Look at I that too have a garden fence. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> My trees are blue and grow sideways. Don't do the eyebrow that I did. No. Because then it, then it becomes like that, that Michelin web sketch. It's an he obvious will be, element. He should meet with an uh, unfortunate accident. But you mean it's an accident we have to cause? Yes, quite precisely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the other side of things is uh, you being a slippery, slippery bugger to be hit. Mm. Um, you got that footwork. Yeah, that exactly. Shoulder roll. Exactly. Uh, the they're not you know they're not about being tanked up. They're not about holding shields. Mm -hmm. We're talking soft leathers. The ability to kind of move in and, yeah. and move around. Things. Light armor, if you're thinking Skyrim. Exactly. And um, they have something called uncanny dodge, which allows you to half damage done against you as a reaction. That's good. Yep. Bam. That's great. So you're already minimizing the amount of damage that you can that people can do to you. Which is useful because I imagine you won't always have the best armor. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Um, you also have a thing called evasion, which means that you only take half from area of effect spells, things like fireballs, mm -hmm. that basically require you to make a save. If you succeed on the save, you take no damage. You know, you right, neo okay. out of the way of the hailstorm of bullets. You, yeah, yeah. you throw yourself, you get your bullet time, basically. That's pretty cool. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, there are loads more. I've gone I've gone over the little ones, and there's some other stuff that, that's in there. Um, but let's go on to the... Subclasses, the archetypes. Boom. So, number one, uh, we've already mentioned this already. You have the thief. Mm -hmm. um, not particularly combat heavy, but definitely useful. It's kind of the person, you know, he's the person that you would get to unlock the door before you all go in. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, they have the they have some real nice stuff when it comes to their interaction with magical objects and how that works. Okay. So you know, I'm if you're a thief, you should be stealing everything left, right, and centre, right? Yeah. Oh, I know what that is. <coughs> I nicked one last year. It's a amulet of whatever. Yeah, exactly. So they have a thing called fast hands, which basically means that they can do something, once again, more of that cunning action stuff. They can do stuff that usually would take your whole turn, but you can right, do it anyway. Right, okay. One of those is use an object, right? Oh. Which could be a wand, mm -hmm. which is, you know, usually used... You, exactly. Now, that works really well with a later ability that they get on, which basically means that there's no limitation on magical weapons that they can use. Right, so some okay. magical weapons will be like wizards only. Mm -hmm. Thief walks in and goes, mm, "I've got that." Yeah, because he, you know, because he's used to stealing yeah, stuff yeah, from yeah. wizards. They're the prime examples. Yeah, for sure. Who else like hoards just ridiculous weaponry and jewels and things like that yeah, that they need because. for their spells? Yeah, just because <laughs> wizards are the worst hoarders ever, <laughs> and thieves are there just tidying up the world. It's just that's the universe all that they're in doing. balance. Exactly. Um, so. That's something really good. Then later on, their last ability that they get uh, at level 17, um, they basically have something where called Thieves' Reflexes, which ultimately m completely messes with the action economy of the game. Okay. Uh, so what I mean when I say action economy, <coughs> Dungeons & Dragons, a lot of the time, bill, uh, boils down to, uh, when it comes to combat, how many turns can you take before the bad guys do stuff? Right, okay. So when you're faced with a large amount of enemies, you want to identify the weak ones and whittle those guys down so mm -hmm. that you can all focus fire on you know, the, yeah. the big bad kind of thing. The thief can basically take two turns on his first turn. Right, okay. Which is really cool. So you can lay a little ambush, run back, get out of the way, mm -hmm. do something else, and then you've done a couple of things to completely set stuff up. Interesting. Okay, 
that's the thief. Um, if you like sneaking around, but wish you did it in a more deadly, deadly, stabby, stabby, murdery, murdery way, assassin. Then the assassin is for you, very much so. Um, whilst I've whilst I've started with that. The assassin actually has some real nice stuff when it comes to role playing and how that works. Mm -hmm. So the assassin can basically do um, two things really well. One, if he attacks first before anybody else on a turn, uh, he automatically gets a critical hit and can do a sneak attack. So he doubles it. Wow. So he's all about coming in, or she um, is about coming in and just boom, massive amount of damage mm -hmm. before you. You know, it's surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. Stab, stab, stab. Achilles on that guy at the beginning of. Uh, of yeah, of Troy. Troy. Yeah. yeah, love that bit. Mm. Um, so they do that. The other side of things is the preparation for a assassination. So they can as hmm. they can assume identities have dual identities. Um, they can mirror people's um, voices, the way that they talk, things like that. So the idea is, is you spend enough time, you've got a target, how do I get to go and kill that king? And I need to make it look like an accident. Right. I'm gonna go and be the chef. Right, I see. So you spend time studying the chef, like seeing how he operates. in Spycraft. Yeah, exactly. Seeing right. how he does stuff, seeing how he works, and you can and you do this over a certain amount of time in game time. Mm -hmm. So there is definitely a role played element of that. So you're spending time watching the chef, seeing how he operates. You know, sneaking around around him. Kind what of if it was that. a prison break? Because that would make more sense as a campaign. You're all locked up in prison. Okay, yeah, that would work. That would nice be a pretty good well. one shot, wouldn't it? Yeah, like everybody. Because you'd have to bring other people in <clears throat> to help you with the breakout. Mm -hmm. That would be a really good one shot. Mm. There we go. Coming Sam soon. One shot. Um, so that's the assassin. Extraordinarily deadly when they strike first. Mm -hmm. uh, but <clears throat> I've got some real role play, real good role playing things when it comes to actually setting setting you up. Yeah, you could write those. your campaign. You could hang a campaign on. Yeah, this character. Definitely. Um, you have the if you like messing with people, and you I am just fond of that. Yeah, you just want to poke things and go, oh, what happens now? Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. Um, you like a bit of magic. You like a little bit of sprinkling of I don't mind a the arcane. It's good. Yeah. Uh, then the arcane trickster is for you, Loki. Uh, kind of like Loki, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. I mean, in, in terms of the way that he uses his magic to kind of foil people and do a lot of illusion-based stuff and that kind of thing, definitely. Mm -hmm. But their, the Arcane Trickster, uh, their mage hand becomes way handier. Okay, tell me more. So, usually with mage hand, there's a few limitations. Mage hand is a cantrip, right? It's a spell that you can cast as many times as you want, mm -hmm. and you basically summon a, a magical hand <clears throat> to do things for you. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, now usually it takes an action to move this hand to have it pick stuff up. Um, it can't do various things. You can't take much weight from that front. Right, the arcane okay. trickster basically goes, you know all those things you can't do? Screw it, you can totally do it now. Awesome. Um, so you can uh, think you can do things where you can take stuff out. You can basically pickpocket people from a distance of sixty feet. Away. Yeah, with your mage hand. Yeah, exactly. Amazingly you useful. You can also put stuff in their pockets as well. Want to mm. frame a person? Hire an arcane trickster. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so that's cool. And then it gets to such a point where they become so good at stealing in an arcanic way. Not sure if that's a real word, but I like it. <laughs> they can just steal spells that are being cast at them. Just pick them out of the air. Just like, oh yeah, that's mine now. That goes into my spell bag thing Whoa. that I've got. Which is cool. So they can then cast that spell again um, within eight hours of basically stealing it from whichever wizard, warlock, or whoever's cast that spell. Blimey. Bam. 
Love them. Arcane Tricksters, a lot of fun. Bit daft, but kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, Sam. Yes. Got a question for you. Hit me. Do you like Sherlock Holmes? Oh, yeah, just a bit. Do you like Batman? I do. Then the Inquisitor, sorry, Inquisitive is for you. Huh. So uh, the Inquisitive is a is the rogue's uh, archetype that kind of flips things on its head in the sense of the way that they operate is they're all about getting insight onto whoever they're sort of fighting but also having conversations with. They basically get the ability to Like cold out. reading. Yes, exactly. exactly. The Sherlock Holmes thing, he has something on his lapel, <clears throat> his trousers are such and such a way. Yeah. Um, so you basically get the ability to figure out if somebody's lying to you through whether you can see them or whether they are lying to you when they, you can hear them, stuff like that. That is useful. That's just to begin with. Um, they get really cool later on where they can basically do the... And um, you know the, the style of martial art that Sherlock uses in uh, Baritsu. Baritsu. Yeah, that slapping, open hand, not quite Wing Chun, yes. dirty boxing. Kind of thing. Yet and still it, range, findy sort of... Exactly, type. so... The Inquisitive can basically look at enemies, mm -hmm. identify those weaknesses, Whoa. and then just come in and go, bow, 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 bow. Uh, you know, discombobulate, break shoulder, yeah. uh, all those kind of things, finish off with a kick to the solar plex. Mm -hmm. They can do that, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, one that the, is really cool. In the campaign that we're playing, and that's what Isabar <clears throat> is. Right. So as a bonus okay. action, she can size somebody up, and then she gets sneak attack on them. That's amazing. Yeah. Sorry, I should point out, when I say that you, you, you do that identifying thing, that basically allows you to do that sneak attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Next up, we have the Moriarty of the rogues, the mastermind. Always pulling the strings. Pulling the, the strings, crime. never really getting that dirty when it comes like to that. it. Yeah. So they can basically, their cunning action then it now includes the help action, which basically gives you the ability to give your friends around you advantage on their attacks. He has a weak knee, go for the knees. Exactly, yeah. Right, or okay. like, hey, stupid head, look over here. Mm -hmm. uh, goosh. Um, <laughs> and usually you have to be within five feet of your allies to do this. Mm -hmm. They can do it from 60 feet. Wow. Uh, so they can kind of literally, like, like you know, puppet strings, they stay at the back and just going, yep, I've, I've looked at this guy. Walking through the battlefield. Basically, yeah. Hit his knees, take um, his axe. And that goes further later on where you can basically mean that enemies when they try to attack you if there's another enemy within five feet you can kind of go like ah, and it just sort of like slip Switch out of the way and like bring the other person in and they get hit with that attack jesus so that's how you play the mastermind kind of fun interesting way of things um i like to think of these people as rogues who have gone to school Nice. You know, they've may maybe gone up in, in like a private school sort of environment. Yeah, for or, sure. And there's not that many of them kind of thing. Maybe it seems like a, like a club, like an old school club. And they, they're they not, they're definitely not benevolent. They're more malevolent and mm -hmm. they enjoy messing around with people. Yeah. And they meet up every sort of 10 years and go like, what, you know, what havoc yeah. have you caused? What, how are you? And then eventually they're kind of evolving to get to this point where they're just the Illuminati. Yeah, that's what, exactly what I was going to say. What's the Illuminati in Batman? The um... Court of Owls. Yes. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Exactly. Um, next up, we have the Scout. Hmm. This is basically if you want to play a ranger without all the, the magic kind of stuff. If you don't want to rely on magical things, there's a, there's a, a fair amount of stuff that can kind of negate mag uh, magic in the game. So if you want to be more reliable in that sense, and vice versa, by the way, there's a lot of magic that can do a lot of what the rogues do. The 
advantage with these guys is they are just about that skill and something that they can do. Exactly. So it's not, it doesn't get blocked by a, a dead magic zone or something like that. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're going to have a vault in this kind of world... You can't use magic in it, for sure. <coughs> exactly. Excuse me, had a little cough then. Um, so they get advantage on initiative rolls. The first time... Uh, this is the scout, sorry, I mm -hmm. got a little bit sidetracked. Um, they have advantage on initiative rolls when they... On the first round, if they hit somebody, they can then basically mean that everybody else gets advantage on the, that person. Right, okay. They can then later on, this is full level they can basically get double sneak attack damage. Whoa. Yeah, so you know how I said there's usually a limitation, you can only do it once per round. Mm -hmm. These guys go, do you know what, never mind, I'm going to attack twice and I'm going to get sneak attack on that front. Prime example of this, oh, they have to be different targets. Right, that okay. Thing. That makes sense, the way you move in a fight. Yeah, so this is, I'm <clears throat> 70 feet out from my party. Mm -hmm. Scouting ahead, I'm being stealthy, I'm doing whatever I'm doing, right. I've just come across a party of bandits or whatever. There's six of them. Right. You pull a couple of arrows from a bow, extend, size them up, release. Boom, boom. Two of those bandits are now down. Jeez. It's about softening up your, yeah. your your enemies before you actually get involved, and then you send the you know the rest of the crew get involved. Mm -hmm. And because you basically freak them out, you've gone ah, bam, attack. Yeah. You have the element of surprise. You have the element of surprise, and right, everybody okay. else gets that kind of stuff. Finally, we have the Boswakla. The Boschwackler. Or the Swashbuckler. No, the first one's more fun. I know, Boschwackler, I love it. <laughs> um, so they are... Um, do, uh, do you like Princess Bride? Have you ever seen that film? I've seen it. I'm not as big on it as people expect me to be. Okay, that's fine. I did expect you to be way more into it then. I love yeah. it. I think it's brilliant. Ingo uh, Montoya. Yes, Indigo. exactly. So that guy. That guy, but also the Dread Pirate Roberts anyway. Of course, Wesley. yeah. Wesley. Um, that's the Swashbuckler. Your sneak attack, um, if you're one-on-one... -on -one, with an enemy, you always get it. So it, it's about, you awesome. know, I'm, I'm calling you out, sir. Yeah. The backhand glove to the face. Huzzah. Yes. One-on-one -on -one combat. What? Straight to the heart. Um, and part of that as well, they, think, they later on get a thing called panache, where they basically add their... More panache than that. Exactly. They Jesus. add their charisma modifier to, to their attacks. So their what modifier? Their charisma modifier to their attacks. Um, <laughs> which, yeah. <laughs> Uh, which basically means that you can then start doing those things, and you can also use your panache to get people to attack you. Hmm. So you know you're. So you can draw someone off someone that's injured, perhaps. Yeah, injured or who might be the big bad, and you actually you want to kind of focus yep. them on you because you can't get hit as much as everybody else because you've got your evasion, you've yep. got your uncanny dodge. Um, you can then start doing things like that, and then eventually they get a thing called master duelist where um, if you miss. You can just go, I don't miss, and you roll... You throw the sword over your shoulder and it hits the guy. Yeah, you use it in such a, you know, such a ridiculous way. Mm -hmm. they're, the, they're the, I'm swinging down on a rope, and I let go of the rope, and a chandelier falls on a bloke like 30 feet yeah, behind yeah, yeah. me, but I don't even know it. <laughs> kind of rogue. Uh, if they miss, they can basically re-roll that attack again with advantage. Amazing. So that is rogues there's a whole load of stuff i mean eventually i think we'll probably go into what's the book to buy if you're interested in rogues um well those first three they're all part of the player's handbook mm -hmm. um xanathar's guide obviously gives you those last four subclasses right i think if you are going to be playing and you're really into this you'll get both eventually anyway yeah as it a, seems as to be player. the two books that we bring up most in this show yeah especially when you're talking about classes and races kind of thing yeah of course 
Um, Do you want to play What's That Spell? Let's play What's That Spell, <coughs> shall we? Do the jingle. Do the jingle. What's that spell? What's that spell? What's that spell? What's my spell? <laughs> Hit me with a spell. Animal shapes. You take the shape of an animal. That's really what you're going with. Uh, well, hang on. But it could be anything. Come on, um, man. No, I thought that's... No, that's pretty sad. Okay. Animal shapes. Right. What's the use in making other people see animal shapes? Wrong! Oh. Uh -uh. Your magic turns others into animals. Oh. Right, okay. I think that's great. Yeah, great. Transform each target into the form of a large or small beast with a challenge rating of four or lower. So you basically turn your posse into like a load of wolves if you want or to. Or turn enemies into frogs. Or turn enemies into frogs. God, that is useful. Fair play, yeah. animal shapes. Yeah, uh, it's also a tasty snack. Do you remember animal shapes? Animal little, crackers. Little oh, animal crackers, that's what I'm thinking of. Animal Still, anyway. Let's go with Arcane Eye. Is it a detect magic spell? Uh, no. Great. It's not. What is it? <laughs> so you create an invisible magical eye within range that hovers in the air for the duration. How do you know it's a show for an eye if it's invisible? Hey man, I didn't write the spells. <laughs> you just torment me with them. Contact Wizards of the Coast. I will. Um, so you create, create an invisible magical eye and you can basically see through this without... Uh, oh, that's useful as well. Yes, so you can put a, a magical eye around a corner. You can set up a trap and know exactly when to spring it. Or you can throw up like a... Um, if you combine that with the spell darkness, you can put a darkness globule and guide your friends through it yeah and, and just look over it and just be like okay i can see i'm not being thingied i'll throw up a fireball or i'll you know amazing yeah kind of thing should we do one more one more let's go with cordon no we've done cordon of arrows we have let's go with death ward death ward it summons a, an evil spirit that attacks enemies. Uh -uh. Sorry, Sam. Today ain't your day. Today ain't my day. Uh, you touch a creature... Do I have to roll the save or something? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sam's not here anymore because he went mental. Uh, you touch a creature and grant it a measure of protection from death. So basically, the first time a target drops to zero hit points... It doesn't. It pops back up again with one. Oh, so it's a good spell that you... Yeah. It's oh, a right. death okay. ward. Oh, that's You're what I meant. warding your, your friends from death. Yeah, I thought ward as in, like, companion. That's where I was going. Oh, cool. Like Robin is Batman's ward. Ward, yeah. Okay, I can see where you got it. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Should we do a character? Right. Yeah, let's do Sam's character box. Let's... All right. What is in Sam's box today? Oh, okay. Okay. This is one you'll have to talk to your DM about, because you've got to be a bit sneaky. We're talking rogues. Now, what is the outcome for this character? I see it as you guys have done a campaign, right? Mm. There's a backstory of you, of maybe three of the guys or two of the guys having met a couple of years ago. They're good friends. It's all good. You're on a campaign. You do a campaign, you, com you complete the campaign. Mm -hmm. Then the next campaign, something goes down. A bigger, bigger boss comes around the corner. And your crew go, what the hell is going on? And then this character steps forward and goes, right, I'm not actually who you think I am. And they go, what? We've known each other for years. Yes. Well, 
Before that, I worked for this organisation and we are a cult or a church or a monastery of some kind who are dedicated to fighting this big bad. And I am a sleeper agent that has been put into your crew because you were identified as people who might awaken this beast. That's that's flipping cool. I mean, I, I love it. That's amazing. What, uh, what archetype rogue are you? I'm thinking either straight assassin. Yeah. Or a, a mastermind, was that yeah, it? Yeah, that would work. A mastermind or a um, inquisitor. Okay. Possibly. That's fair. That's a really good backstory, mate. I like that. I mean, it's, you're talking about such a huge long play mm -hmm. win, but... You just basically, you've got to give your DM this ace card and you say, you flip that whenever you want. Yeah. But know that the longer you don't, the better it will be. And your DM, as probably a reasonable storyteller, will, will know that yeah. as well. He won't bash that out the first couple of campaigns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great, man. Can I you love imagine the one. effect as well it'd have on your crew? Three campaigns in. What's three campaigns? 18 months, really, if you play every couple of weeks? I mean, uh, yeah, it depends. depends how you play. Some people can get through them really And quick. you meet people. I know people I only know because I play Dungeons & Dragons, so mm -hmm. imagine that if one day I turn around and go, oh, yeah, actually, I've been keeping this from you. Oh, right. And I'm this person. <laughs> yeah, that's going to mess with people a lot. You like that? I do. I love it. I think that's great. Awesome. Especially, yeah, for a mastermind character, that's brilliant. Um, wicked. All right, let's bring the, the show to a close. Let's close it off. What uh, do you got to say, Ed? Just thank you so much for your continued support and listens. Mm -hmm. um, we keep seeing some lovely comments online. Thank you for all the, the niceties. Uh, as always, if you have somebody in your life that you know would like Dungeons & Dragons, maybe they're into Game of Thrones or they like their Lord of the Rings stuff, point them in our direction. Get them involved with the game. You probably play already. Let's get more people playing. Oh, also... Um... Obviously, we have the hip-hop beats underneath all the shows. Uh, we've got a new guy making our beats. He's made the uh, tune that you can hear now. Isn't it good? Um, yeah, he's called Edgeware. You can catch him on Instagram, and we're going to link to his SoundCloud in our SoundCloud. So check him out, and he should be doing more beats in the future, I think. Lovely stuff. Uh, we are now live on Spotify, so if you've been listening yes, through uh, something that isn't your usual way of listening to podcasts, we're live on Spotify. For all you Android users out there android users we're on apple we're on soundcloud um we're on twitter facebook and instagram now and instagram as always uh we've been starter set you've been our listeners roll well and we'll see you next week bye, bye.